Hi everyone, and welcome to a Gem of a Secret podcast. My name's Donna, telling my secrets. And my name is Coco Gem Holiday. How you doing tonight, Coco? Mm. I'm drinking a AHA <laughs> sparkling water. Is it AHA amazing? No. <laughs> <laughs> but it tastes better than, um, oh my god, what are those other ones? Those sparkling water drinks. Is it La Havli? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it tastes better than LaCroix. Oh, LaCroix. That's what I was trying to get. I was like, oh, gosh. That's what they do for the commercials for that AHA sparkling water. Is that... No, they don't. <laughs> no, they don't. They're like, any like vowels they replace with AHA in the words that they're saying. Yikes. Yeah. It's, God. Uh, it's an annoying marketing technique. That is an insanely annoying, annoying marketing technique. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, Donna, what are you wearing this evening? I am actually dressed up as Judy from Bad Girls Club. I have my purse <laughs> and my voodoo doll that I'm carrying around. <laughs> and um, yeah, Judy was one of my favorites. I'm re-watching Bad Girls Club on Hulu. Because, yeah, yeah. That and Adventure Time. (laughs) You're such a stoner. I just just kind of like hop back and forth between, you know, different types of programming. Don't y'all love how I'm slurping in your ear right now? Um, (laughs) I just realized I was What about you, Coco? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm wearing the entire wardrobe of Carrie from the first season of Sex and the City. Um, what I did is I just took all the pieces that she wore and then I put them on my body. Mm. It's very warm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, um, most of them didn't fit, so they're kind of all being worn as socks. <laughs> <laughs> Loves it. Yeah. The funny thing about that show is I, I remember there was an episode in the very last season mm-hmm. where they're like, I think it was about Aiden. She's like, Aiden wants me to give up smoking. And they're like, you guys don't have a problem that I smoke. And they all look at each other like, we don't like that you smoke. Like, <laughs> like you have to take smoke breaks, and like, yeah, we love you. So it's we an inconvenience. <laughs> and if you've ever had friends that are smokers, and you're not a smoker, yeah, it is kind of a major inconvenience. Especially, do you remember road trips oh, with one of our friends in Colorado? Trip. You mean that first one where there was three of them? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! That one we went to Austin Drag Festival. Oh my god! Christ. Yeah. I remember. I remember like every four minutes. Can we do a cigarette? And I was like, we are one hour out of Junction. Yeah. Like, and seriously, every bathroom break, because I have to pee like effing racehorse, I'm just like, okay, you can smoke now, but we are not moving. They're doing this again. Yeah. And it's funny, like, smoking is like one of those, like, most things are pretty bad for you, Uh but like, smoking is so bad for you. So bad for you. And like, I don't even know why people like (laughs) pick it up in the first place like when you're 16 and you're in high school some people do honestly because you get extra breaks with certain jobs if you pick up smoking i know as as like a server like you typically don't get breaks as a server but if you are a smoker then you get a smoke break sometimes you know the funny thing is i actually uh when i was working at burger king when i was 15 years old Uh um because, you know, I my mom had always been a smoker um, at that point. And so I remember thinking to myself, wow, I really wish I could pick up smoking so I could get more smoke breaks. <laughs> more breaks, so yeah. I get more breaks. Because I'd be like, they'd, and they're like, because one of the managers smoked too. So like yeah. him and this girl would always just like be in the back of the Burger King just smoking. Yeah. The whole time. And I was like, God dang it. Yeah. It's unfair. <laughs> it is. Oh, super unfair. <laughs> Don't, Don't smoke. smoke. Yeah, and um, also don't vape either because that's bad for you too. Yeah, that but, destroys your lungs apparently. But 
vape instead of smoking if you must do one of the two? Yes. Um, so um, this is a PSA about smoking. Actually, it's our um, it's <laughs> it our is. annual episode to where we go from season two to season three. Yeah, with no actual shift of topic, subject, or format. Nope, not even a little. <laughs> it's... Not even a little. We might do more. Actually, we're definitely going to be doing more interviews uh, moving yeah. forward, because those are a lot of fun, but they're also a lot of time to schedule, too. I Yeah, I enjoy doing the interviews. I think that's great. Um, but yeah, we're just basically going to talk about our year in review. I know. And it's also Pride Month, so we're going to talk a little bit about Pride, too, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and, and Pride is so exciting. Um, I want to talk about, because we can talk about, I want to talk about Pride from two years ago. Because I, into the Pride that was, because obviously we didn't have Pride last year. Pride, Pride 2019 in Portland. Yeah, Pride number 2019 in Portland, and then what Pride was like last year. Uh, but long story short, um, I remember the festival actually kind of being a little lackluster. Like, and I think what, like, my favorite pride in the world is Utah Pride. I think it's a, a really amazing, Salt Lake City Salt Pride Lake. is just really amazing. They do it super well. I felt like with Portland Pride, um, there wasn't a lot of people there, which I find, I found to be really weird. Hmm. Um, and the one thing that really got to me was... <laughs> was I think it's because this city's so queer and queer adjacent that there isn't a lot of people that, like, wanted to come out and party. Hmm. Like, at least in my opinion. Hmm. I don't know. I felt... I didn't didn't go to the actual parade or anything, so um, I wasn't there for that. But I... I did like Pride here when we spent it uh, here on, on... what am I saying? All right. I really did like Pride in 2019 when we were here for it. Um, we both got to perform at CC's that night for Superstar Divas. Or no, I you did. did. I did. You did. <laughs> um, I was in a Rogue's Pride party at Local. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we also did, that same weekend was when we did our first gig at Lad Tap House as well. Is it really? It was. It was wow. the outdoor stage. Oh, the outdoor thing. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I remember that. Yeah. And Nene Lee's Cartier was hosting it. Was hosting. Uh-huh. And then we also did the very first Legacy as well that weekend. What was that weekend? Wasn't yeah. It? Well, I don't... Was I in the first one, too? Or was it... You were in the first oh, one. You were the first co-host, I think. Yes, but we were in the very first one together. Yeah, that's right. Okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I remember it being a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. It was. It was definitely a good, like, our first Pride here was, like, jam-packed. We were performing all weekend, and that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really cool to, like, see people and just kind of, like, get acquainted, too, with, like, the queer community. Um, when having our first year here, at least we did get to have that. That's yeah. one thing that I'm noticing is, like, talking with more and more people. I've There's been a surprising amount of people that moved during the pandemic or or like just shortly before the pandemic started Mm -hmm. and i'm like that's so sad you haven't even really gotten to like experience the city in the way that i don't even feel like i really got to experience it even though like we go well during last summer we went on all those autumn adventures obviously so we got Mm -hmm. to so we got to see the state not as much as the city i feel like Mm -hmm. i feel like i I still haven't done a lot of in-city things and i think it's my friend group's 
don't really do in-city things, mm. um, no. which is fine. I mean, it's cool, like, going to the beach and going hiking and seeing waterfalls and, like, all that stuff is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good. It's good exercise. But, like, I like to, I would like to try out some new restaurants and, yeah. you know, like, cool hole in the walls. Like, I've never been to the arcade place, really. Yeah. Um, I think I walked in there once, but that was it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to do stuff like that. There's a lot to do around here. There definitely is a lot to do around here. Way more than Junction. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. <laughs> I wrote about Junction today um, uh, because it's... Uh, so I keep forgetting that. I keep thinking we moved here June 19th, and that's not the case. Mm-hmm. We moved here June 5th. Um, that's that's when I... and Because like, like, my time hop was like showing the picture of our old house when we got the U-Haul and whatever. Yeah. And I was like, oh. I was like, crazy. And then I had like a picture that said, goodbye, Junction. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I was like, wow, it really has been two years since we made that long cross-country road trip. Yeah. And um, hitting ground here and, like, getting to do all the things that we did. But, yeah, no, what I was writing about today was that, like, I've met so many cool and interesting, unique individuals. And I've had my fair share of drama, sure, but it's nothing compared to the garbage I dealt with there when it came to drama. Yeah. And also the pride, like... Planning Pride for a bar in town here has been really fun. Like, so people are, like, sharing our events, and, like, it's just, like, kind of really cool. Like, Mm -hmm. I was part of the Pride board in Grand Junction, but, like, there always was, like, this risk, you know, Mm -hmm. because, like, it's a conservative city, and, like, even though Pride is an amazing thing, Mm -hmm. it just is like, ah. And so, um, yeah, uh, I think it was Willamette Weekly, Mm. And posted like several of the events that locals doing this. That's month cool. For Pride. And I was like, that's so cool. Yeah. And I was like, oh, pretty. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but um, obviously, two years ago when we got here, we weren't involved in the scene literally at all, except for a couple of bookings here and there. Yeah. Yeah. We're like nobody is. Yeah. I. Um, how did you feel about kind of last year having the break from it? I know that. I think last year we did an episode where we talked about Pride, and I feel a little bit more, like, disconnected from Pride. Obviously now not being someone who drinks, and, and that still is a big part of Pride, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like the whole bar hopping experience, going to a parade, and all of that, um, which the parades don't have to have any alcohol in them, but I digress. Um, <laughs> But uh, it is still a very alcohol-centric event. And even last year, I was kind of talking about how I feel like I've kind of outgrown pride in a lot of ways. Like, it's not as exciting as it was for me when I was younger. I think when I was younger, I was in more of like a a party mode. I, I really like to now kind of take more time to recognize why we celebrate it, I think. I, well, for me, it's a, a little different, um, the whole relationship aspect. It's really nice to be in public spaces, like, with my partner and, like, holding hands and celebrating. Mm-hmm. So those parts about it are cool, but it is definitely different than 10 years ago mm-hmm. for me when I'd be, like, um, trying to be as cute as humanly possible so for the potential of somebody to hit on me. Um, and then, of course, copious amounts of drinking, which I never really liked drinking at Pride anyway, because every Pride I've ever been to has always just been so freaking hot. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, so hot. <laughs> yeah. And I Even just, the one here that we were at, that first year that we were here, mm-hmm. I, I posted uh, a photo of me from that day, and I was like, 
had that umbrella that I was using for shade, and my face was melting. And we were in drag that entire day mm-hmm. because we had the uh, church thing earlier that morning as well. Wow. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, the thing with Ray. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we have pictures from that. We do. Oh. That was actually a cool event. It was. Um, I It was like a drag queen story hour mm-hmm. kind of thing, which was fun. Yeah. I looked gorgeous. I remember that. I remember looking yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, I was wearing, you were wearing blue and I was wearing red. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. It was a lot of fun. I remember moving here thinking, I was like, I'm going to be a full-time drag queen. Oh, me too. <laughs> so stupid. I tried that for a little bit. And... Oh, honey. The yeah. amount of free gigs. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of free. Actually, the funny thing is I think Donna and I could have done it if Portland paid drag queens, um, which we've talked about a billion times on here. I yeah. mean, the... The course of the, the landscape of the city is definitely changing, like, a lot. Like, everything is trying to pay drag artists a lot more money. I'm making a lot more money. I feel like if they had the opportunities now that they did when I moved here, I probably could have did it. Yeah. Probably could have done it. Because I was a good performer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got burnt out. Mm-hmm. It was a lot. It was, like, too many gigs for little to nothing. And, yeah. And, um... Yeah, not, not enough to, like keep it going in any any form yeah i still love drag i just thought I, it's not something that i i you shouldn't make something that you love doing like a career because it can easily be ruined that way i think and and then or i try to make it a career <laughs> i mean i don't even know if i i don't know i think i could have tried harder to even to make it a career but i think i was also i'm struggling with alcohol you know and that's an, a big distraction from your goals and your productivity and well, shit. And you know what's really interesting about that too is I I felt like I was trying really hard to make it a career and I still just wasn't seeing the benefits of it because there wasn't enough opportunity. Yeah. Like there just really wasn't. And I mean I didn't even know like at that time like the hosting gigs at Stag or Silverado I didn't know that those existed. On top of the fact of like I knew I didn't have the good enough drag to be on a Darcel stage to be like a weekly girl there right. So like just those different things trying yeah. to be like wow I'm like never going to be able to get there so I don't know uh, but I, I need to ask Donna how are you doing this evening I will let you know after this brief commercial break do you wear t-shirts do you wear a face mask I sure as hell hope so do you put on your silly little t-shirt and your silly little face mask and wish you had something a little more out there yes even something, dare I say, matching? Girl, yes, duh. Then it looks like HunterDrips.com is exactly what you need. At HunterDrips.com, socially relevant merch and apparel is up for sale. That's never for profit. 50 to 100% of every purchase is donated. I hear they carry matching shirts and masks with designs that say cute little slogans like defund the police, Black Lives Matter, and it goes over your nose and even shirts and hats with your own pronouns on them. You know, things that are important. Oh, so you mean important. And almost all of it is donated? Yes, donated, and guess what? What, it's size inclusive too? Yes, up to 5XL. Why just make clothes for skinny people? It's all made by Queer Artist Girl. The creator of HunterDrips.com is trans, fat, lesbian, and the site also includes merch from other queer artists, including gay Portland rapper Jono. Listeners, head on over to HunterDrips.com and use the code SECRET for 15% off your purchase today. That's SECRET for 15% off your purchase at HunterDrips.com. It's a podcast. Check it out. 
with Coco and Donatella Podcast. Tune into what they tell you podcast. With Coco and Donatella Podcast. Well, Coco, I am feeling like the Target Pride Collection. So ugly. <laughs> <laughs> the Target Pride Collection. Yeah, I even really had one. <laughs> what do you mean? It's like rainbow capitalism. <laughs> Everywhere has a Pride Collection. You know what's so funny? Uh, the people were telling me at the bar. They're like, they're like, yeah, we need to make Pride queer and like blah 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 and like we don't need to have people taking up space in our space because it's our space. Yeah, and I was just like. What are you trying to say? They're like, just people are trying to make money off of us right now. And I'm like, yeah, that's fair. I mean... It is fair. It is. Because, I mean, Pride started as, you know, like, a rally, rallying cry against police and... Yeah. Um, and I like, think if you are, are to buy, like, Pride gear, you should buy from, like, queer companies and not from Target and other corporations that are pandering just because it's June. <laughs> no. I know, and I agree with it. You know the pride flag that has, like, the black and brown stripe on it? Mm-hmm. It's actually kind of hard to find. I mean, it's probably not anymore. It was last year or the year before, I can't remember. Yeah. I was, like, I was like trying to find one, and, like, I remember I was at... Oh, I remember this. I was at Portland Pride in 2019, and I went to... There was a guy selling pride flags. Mm-hmm. And I was like, can I get that one? He's like, what's that? I was like, what do you want? What's that? <laughs> so I showed him a picture. He's like, I've never seen that flag before. And I was like, I'm going to walk away uncomfortable. That's yeah. And I had just moved here, so I didn't realize that Portland was woke. And now, when I think about that incident, I'm like, "How are you <laughs> gonna live in this city and not see that flag not before?" Have the inclusive pride flag. Yeah. <laughs> God. Huh. I have to admit, though, I do agree that it's ugly and it hurts your eyes, but I do appreciate the inclusion. Yeah. The, yeah. The inclusion's great. I think it's important, definitely, to have that because too often marginalized communities are forgotten around this time. And, um, yeah, it's important to have yeah, that representation. Absolutely. Well, and, like, Pride was started by trans women of color, mm-hmm. um, like, and they moved our for- our movement forward, right? So, um, not having... It's funny how this community, actually all queer community, treats black and brown people so less than mm-hmm. when, like, if it wasn't for black and brown people, they wouldn't have the rights that they have today, which, which also kind of is weird, too. Like, even in the drag circle, I will always say this. Like, RuPaul is the most famous drag queen in the world, and she's black. Yeah. And, like, but then it's... And then it's, like, hard for black and brown people to get bookings. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's... Yeah, it's very strange that that's the, the case. That, you know, the biggest representation we have of a queen is is a queen of color. Mm-hmm. But um, we're still at this point where local black and brown entertainers are, are still not as appreciated as their white counterparts mm-hmm. in a lot of circles. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. It's heartbreaking. Honestly. Yeah, it is. It just shows that we have a lot of work to do. And for the biggest thing I think that we could do is is have shows that celebrate that representation. And that's something that local seems to be doing. And a yeah. lot of places are doing more and more. I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I can see it. And it's ha- there's a there's a change happening, but uh, we still definitely have a long way to go when it comes to representation. Agreed, agreed. And I think what hurts my heart too is that with Pride, when it's supposed to be everybody sitting at the table, most people end up arguing with about who actually should be sitting at the table. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about last time about that discussion between does King belong at Pride? Um, yeah, I 
think we did talk about that um, like two weeks ago. And it's still that's actually still coming up on my Facebook today. People are wondering if King mm-hmm. belongs to Pride. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm like, as long as the person is queer, then I'm absolutely down for it. <laughs> yeah. I don't. That's kind of how. Because a lot of people like. Um, a lot of people confuse what Pride is in the sense of like. Like they lump everything in there. Mm-hmm. Like a poly person who's in a straight relationship doesn't necessarily mean they're part of the LGBTQ plus, right? Unless they are bisexual yeah. or pansexual. And they can be allies, and Pride is for allies, but it's not necessarily, they're not the focus. Yeah. Because they're the focus on every other day. <laughs> One thing that I've noticed about that whole kink at Pride discussion that's happening is that there seems to be two opposing forces within the queer community. Mm-hmm. And I think one side, and I think the side that tends to be the younger, more kind of, which is strange, um, the younger generation tends to want to get away from queerness being associated with, like, hypersexuality in a lot of ways. I was seeing this, like, TikTok video of this guy who was, like, cruising, and they were like, how dare he be doing this? And people are like, cruising is part of gay culture, and then they're like, well... He's doing it out in public, and, you know, that shouldn't be something that, you know, he's doing, and it's, it, so it's, it's interesting, because it's like, you have two, these two different forces that are kind of going against each other, one that is like, queerness should not be associated with hypersexuality, and then others that are like, hypersexuality has always been associated with queerness, and there's parts of it that are embedded kind of into queer culture. So well, well, I think what bothers me about the discussion is that the one thing that queer people were allowed to do was have sex, and even though even that was technically like considered illegal, yeah, or or whatever, like queer people were allowed to have sex, and so sex is very heavily ingrained because all queer sex breaks the taboo and norms, right? Mm-hmm. And so pride is an opportunity for people to feel more free, and being queer actually does come with a lot of sexual liberation, yeah, and like cruising existed because our sex was con- deemed to be inappropriate yeah right? yeah like that's why all those things exist in that way cruising wasn't specifically just because somebody wanted public the public the sex exhibitionist kink. they yeah, didn't want to be an yeah. exhibitionist necessarily yeah. sometimes it was the only way yeah right to have companionship yeah. so like when people start trying to police that it does get uncomfortable because it, it's almost like we forget our roots yeah um, the minority of people like, and there are those people who obviously do want the insanely heteronormative, like, marriage, white picket fence, and two kids. And that's fine. That's absolutely fine. The assimilation. Fine. The assimilation. And I do, mm-hmm. and I know that people will be offended by the term assimilation with that. But, I mean, you can absolutely want that. That's true. I think in a way, though, it is heterosexual assimil- assimilation. It is. Well, you I mean, because that's all we're seen in every bit of media tv books everything is the married with you know white picket fence and two kids like that's like the american dream right so that is assimilation and if you want that there's nothing wrong with that it's just that you have to recognize that that has been fed into us from the second we could understand yes like anything yes (laughs) and i think actually it kind of makes sense that younger people are kind of more against the hypersexuality associated with queerness because i remember at a younger age that being all i ever wanted to like I was like oh I just want to have a partner and then maybe one day we can adopt kids and we can have that because it's like you know like that's what that's what you're taught I think I think that dream of like having an ideal like relationship 
that I wanted for myself didn't go away when I came out. I think that it was something I wanted to kind of model whatever I was going to have off of like the love that my parents had for one another. Because I mean, yeah. say what you will about, you know, the traumas I've experienced growing up, but my, my parents always were, you know, there for one another and their love is, is like the type of love that I think I wanted as a young kid. And then the more that I grew up and came into my queerness and came into my own identity, I realized that there are a variety of different relationships that I could have in my life that would kind of fill that void as and fill that hole. <laughs> I mean, not, not that that's what you should do when you're looking for a relationship or anything like that, but th there's love can come in a multitude of forms and who am I to judge or reject it? Um, because it could be a good fit for me. So yeah, all because it was taught that we were only supposed to have one partner and we were to be monogamous and that was it. And yeah, like, I, I think it's weird that we weren't even taught to, um, no kids straight or otherwise is taught to enjoy mm -hmm. sex. Yeah. Like yeah. there were taught about it. I remember a teacher said it can feel good, mm -hmm. stuff like that. And like, you're never really taught to actually enjoy sex. And when, the thing is, like, there are very real consequences from straight sex because the majority of people can have children, right? Yeah. So, like, I recognize that. Like, I really do. Mm -hmm. That straight people are really terrified of having children. Like, mm -hmm. that's a thing. And, like, we, as queer people, got terrified in our generation of, you know, HIV. HIV. Mm -hmm. So there were on both sides things to be terrified about but the thing is like most queer kids learn at a very early age that contracting HIV is actually kind of difficult yeah. so it's different than having children in that sense and children are a thing like they, I mean they're people like yeah. that's you're creating people so it's a different discussion and I think that people really didn't recognize that either like our fears were very different than the straight fears Definitely. Especially when it came to sex. Like, I mean, that's specifically, and relationships. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, and then even now, because um, this is a new topic, I suppose, um, I've been thinking about children a lot. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of guilt associated with not having children already. And I thought it was because of, like, my uh, biological clock ticking or whatever. And it's not that. I mean, probably. But it's more about being fed your entire life that as human people when you get older you have children mm -hmm. and like some people don't want children because they really don't want them yeah. I've never had that feeling where I just think children are just like I do not want those things in my life I've always kind of wanted kids I'm not mm -hmm. sure if that was programmed into me to want kids but one thing that was programmed because I can tell it because why would you feel guilty about something like it's like feeling guilty about like like you've never had chocolate and you feel guilty about not having chocolate Yeah. like I I feel guilty for not having children already. And that's hmm. so stupid. That is such an assimilated mindset. Yeah, it <laughs> is. It really is. I think I lost that for myself a, a little while ago. I <laughs> I think I have kind of like more of like a negative way of looking at it though. <laughs> maybe it's not negative. Maybe it's, maybe it is kind of a positive, but I, I guess for me, not having children is kind of in line with how I feel like my newly developed spirituality has kind of justified me not having children. I feel like I'm ending a lot of generational curses with me and <laughs> by not passing my genes on and subjecting another generation to some more generational trauma and curses. Like I'm, I'm kind of doing my part in this lifetime. <laughs> oh, that makes <laughs> Which, sense actually. Yeah. I, yeah. 
Yeah, I've I've been thinking that way a lot recently. Well, I so. feel bad because I, like, I would like to continue on my bloodline in the name, but yeah. um, it's just a lot harder because yeah. of, you know, I do want biological kids someday. I've always wanted my own children. Like, I dream about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the guilt of not having them yet, oh, good Lord, that's it's a whole journey there. And it's funny when you're in your 30s, like, a lot of stuff changes. Like, I'm about to be 35 yeah. this year. That is halfway to being middle-aged. I am months away from turning 30. <laughs> Everything starts breaking, by the way. I've, I'm already feeling it. <laughs> Everything starts falling. I'm already feeling it. I'm gaining weight. My metabolism has slowed down immensely. Oh, yes. Um, that, oh, that happened in 29 for me, yeah. Tried to put on a pair of shorts that have always fit me, and there was a solid... I would say at least four to five inches of space between the button and, <laughs> and the hole that the button said button was supposed to go into. Said button. Yeah. We're, in, we're in court now. The said button. <laughs> no, so it's, it's true. I. Yeah. Oh man, it's it. Yeah, it's it's a whole journey, and I rem- so I have my oh listeners, you can be on this journey with me. Um, I have my doctor's appointment scheduled for June tenth. Oh, mine's tonight. To, to twinsies. Find, twinsies to find out if Miss Coco Jim Holiday is dying of liver failure. <laughs> like, yeah. um, I'm going to definitely find out if all of the copious amount of drinking I've done over the last year or two is going to catch up with me. And the only reason I drink so much is because I'm always in bars and it's a social activity, right? But now I'm always in bars because I work in bars and I perform in bars, so I'm always like getting a cocktail, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I do want to slow down on drinking anyway. Most of, like, I had a scare last year where one of my cousins, like, who are just literally like three or four years older than me, are all now starting to have lots of problems that are directly related to drinking, and they don't even drink that heavily. And I drink a lot more than they do, so I'm going in to just get everything checked on and get my labs two days back. She's going to be like, oh, you need to come in. I'm waiting for the call to where she's like, let's, let's schedule you another appointment for no reason. Like, yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting for that. And maybe this is my wake-up call, too, because if it does come back clear, maybe it's still just the wake-up call to just, you know, cut back. Yeah. I mean, that was a lot of the reason why I stopped drinking was because of my health. Um, it's so different when it's moral to when it's, like, health. Like, when it's just, like, yeah. you're like, I just don't feel like I'm making great decisions, and I've, like, really fucked up my life, to your doctor being like, if you don't stop drinking, you will die. You're like, okay, well, this sounds fine. Yeah. <laughs> and I hadn't, like, even quite gotten to that point, but, like... Definitely to the point where my liver is not where it should be. And that's scary, you know? Like it's that's it, It's really scary. And um, so that that was a lot of the reason. And then also just there was, you know, the, the moral stuff behind it as well because I had wanted to stop drinking and tried to quit drinking multiple times but never for, like, a sustained long amount of time or ever again like I'm doing right now so it's it's different yeah yeah but I I think that's that's the biggest thing too is like you know we were just talking about pride and these events I I would love to celebrate but I would like to celebrate in a way that is safe for me and so I think from here on out for me pride means like going on a pride camping trip or 
doing a pride barbecue or something like that. Um, but not doing the whole bar hopping and maybe going to a parade every once in a while, but pride is going to mean something different for me from here on out. I always did like, but here's my thing though. The festival and the parade for me was never really about drinking. Yeah. Like I did it at those when I was younger, but usually when I got older, I don't like to spend time in the beer garden. You know, and most places don't have open beer liquor licenses, so you can't walk around with liquor anyway. Yeah. And, like, because I do, I, I do like going to the booths. I like seeing that there's a queer um, chorus or a queer doctor's office, something like that. You know, all those things you didn't even know existed or that the fire department has this program or something. I did like those. Yeah. I was never a huge fan of the parade, but as I got older, it was kind of cool to see all the dancing and, mm-hmm. I don't know, people seem to like parades. I was never really that girl, but, yeah. I don't know. That part I do still, that I will miss this year. I would love, now that I have more friends, I would love to. Because when we first did it, we'd only been here a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah, we didn't know anyone when we were down there. Yeah. Like, oh, this is cool. Um, I don't know anyone, but... Yeah, and then this next year... Um, they obviously we didn't have it and so now I'm finally feeling my Portland notes I have lots of friends and mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah but I think that brings us to the end of our episode I think it does too thank you for tuning in this week and happy pride I mean I'm sure we'll have some more discussions that are pride related this month and tune in next week with an all new season of a gem out of secret podcast Bye, listeners. Bye. This has been another episode of HM of a Secret Podcast. The hosts of HM of a Secret Podcast are Donatella My Secrets and Coco Jim Holiday. You may follow Donatella My Secrets at Donatella underscore My Secrets on Instagram. You may follow Coco Jim Holiday at Coco Jim Holiday on Instagram. Original music by Touche Douche and Party Favors. You can follow them respectively at the Touche Douche and at Party Favors Music on Instagram. For more exclusive content, visit www.ajemofasecretpodcast.com. That is a j e m of a secret podcast.com. Be sure to tune in every week on Thursday for a new episode wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any comments or questions, email us at ajemofasecretpod at gmail.com. Please don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe. Until next time, goodbye.